0: Do not neglect the things you own, like your blog and your podcast. Social media is not yours. And if you forget about what you own and that goes away, you're going to be up a creek.
1: This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. This week, I speak with Katie, who is a mom of three, the founder of Katie Crenshaw blog and the host of the podcast, If I'm Being Honest. Katie first began her blog to reinvent a creative outlet for herself in an effort to maintain a semblance of sanity as a busy mom. Katie wanted to create a space where she can give an honest and humorous take on motherhood and life. Listen on to find out how to embrace your imperfections and share your authentic self as a creator. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm here with Katie. Hey Katie, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for joining us. So before we get to all of the awesome tips that you're going to share with us, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you lead an offbeat life?
0: Yeah, so I'm Katie. I'm a mom of three living outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I have kind of come into this entrepreneur world on a path of being married a couple times. I was a single mom. I got remarried, um, and I've had two babies in the last four years, and kind of decided that my old career path wasn't for me anymore, and I just dove into my passions, and it wound up being a career. So... Yeah, that's where we are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a lot of things that was happening in your life from getting divorced and getting remarried, having children and all of those things. I'm sure there was a lot of things for you to share and talk about with an audience. But how did you decide to transition from your nine to five to fully becoming a blogger and to make this into an actual career?
0: So my career background is actually in healthcare and for 10 years I worked in hospitals and doctor's offices um, in patient care and I previously thought I would just finish nursing school and continue my education there but after my second child was born she was very high needs and at the time the only position available to me at work was night shift and I just couldn't figure out how I was going to make that work. So my hobbies for my entire adult life have included photography and writing, and those have been two things I've always been really good at. So I thought, if I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, I have to have this outlet, or I'm just going to feel like I've lost my identity. So, and I kind of have a different approach at looking at motherhood. So I thought, maybe I'll start a blog that talks about the more faux pas, taboo stuff in motherhood that we like skirt around. So I did. So when my maternity leave was over, I put in my notice and I started the blog. That's a really
1: great transition for you because there's so many moms out there that needs the truth. (laughs) Because a lot of the times you just see the pretty things that are happening, which is really funny, Katie. I don't have children myself, but I have worked before in my old day job as a therapist for kids with autism, and. It is incredible how many things that parents go through, and I also just had a niece that was born, and I saw everything that was happening with my cousin. With It's crazy how not many people know what new moms go through, and then especially if you mm-hmm. have a child with special needs, it's even like a thousand times more information that you don't get and a lot of people don't really talk about, so your Blog and now you also have a podcast, which is really great. That you don't, you do talk about things that most people necessarily don't talk about because it is taboo. So great niche, by the way.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it just kind of came to me. (laughs) I I knew I wanted to start a podcast because I like to talk and I like to talk to people, but I couldn't decide how to niche down, and I didn't want to be a mom blogger with like a catch-all podcast where I just talked about anything and everything because I was like I don't know like I feel like we need to go deeper than that (laughs) it's like we need to talk about I need to talk to more people that aren't just moms and and get into some more gritty stuff so so yeah, it's it's been really interesting.
1: Yeah, and Katie's podcast is called If I'm Being Honest, which is a really great title because everything that you're talking about in your podcast is really honest, and it talks about so many things. Do you want to tell our audience more about your podcast? Because I really want them to listen to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was born of the idea that I wanted to humanize, stigmatize topics, lifestyles, experiences. And when I started to think of ideas of subject matter, I started thinking, oh my gosh, you have a friend that went through this, or you have this friend. And as someone who has this huge network and circle of people, I thought this might be really easy to get guests because I already know so many people who have had crazy things happen or have lived in a marginalized way. So I just kind of tested it by reaching out to maybe 10 friends. And I thought, well, at least I'll have like one season of 10 episodes (laughs) if everybody says yes. And I just said like, Hey, I'd love for you to talk about when your daughter died on my podcast, if you're open to it, or I'd love you to talk about being trans or being a black man in the South or, you know, all these things. And of course they were all like, absolutely. So that's how it started. And then I've had people referred to me since then. And every episode is someone talking about their life experience that might be stigmatized. And the whole point is for people to listen and learn something they didn't know and release some kind of stigma or predisposed judgment they had against someone that's not exactly like that and a lot of people listening to
1: your podcast and to the voices of the people that you're interviewing maybe going through something similar but they didn't know other people were going through the same thing so there's a lot of things that people hold in and then when you find someone who has gone through something similar it kind of opens you up to other possibilities and you don't feel as guilty or there's like you said there's so many things that we are stigmatized. And one of the things that's really important is we do that to ourselves first before other people even do it. So I think it helps you as well as a person. So what a great idea, Katie. Thank you. So let's go back to when you were going through your transition from your day job now to being a blogger and you're using all of the things that you really loved and your passion to start your blog. How did it come to this? Because now your blog is pretty big. You're making income from it. How did you make this into a successful blog?
0: So the catalyst to monetizing it was actually about six months into the blog, I had started to build up somewhat of a readership. I mean, it was not huge, but it was a lot for a beginner, I think. Uh, And just from posting my articles in mom groups and things like that, there were some people who definitely liked that I was more sarcastic and edgy about motherhood. So I had some people that were definitely reading, but I wrote an article about my daughter's birthmark on her face, which one side of her face is almost bully a hemangioma which is like a large birthmark and when she was a baby it was much more prominent and we got a lot of comments in public so I wrote an open letter to people that commented on her birthmark in public and it was very honest and open and it went Mm -hmm. mega viral like today show good morning america people magazine like it was everywhere and I was kind of overwhelmed because all of a sudden I had all this traffic and like all these people and someone I can't remember if like someone said something somehow I was like oh I could monetize a blog like I just hadn't really thought of it and then it was like people were like why you're getting all this traffic like you should get ads or something and I was like okay so I started googling like how do you monetize a blog and literally I stayed up at night trying to figure out how to have a Blog that was a business and how to monetize and how to understand coding and SEO and I just like stayed up all the time trying to learn as much as I could uh, and I plugged myself into every blogging group I could find on Facebook to try to learn and that's kind of just how it started and then when the when the viral stuff died down. Uh, I just maintained it, and that's the short (laughs) version. (laughs) Well, that's
1: the the thing about blogs. There's never any shortcut. Well, you know, your viral article did, but then after that, you have to maintain it, and it does take a lot of work to do any of this with podcasts, with blogs, with anything else. It's a business. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So now that you have gone through all of these things with your life and your career, what has been the biggest setback that you've encountered so far? And how did you handle it?
0: Oh, man, I'd have to say, since I started professionally creating content and being my own boss, probably 2017 was a hard year because we moved to California from Georgia for my husband's job and we really thought that was going to be our landing place and a really great destination for our family and it kind of all fell through. At the same time I also had my third child so we were dealing with a huge move, the birth of a third child which added a whole new element of crazy into our house and in California wasn't working out so we were having to come back and make those plans and lose a lot of money and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And my work started to kind of suffer as far as I just didn't have the energy or time or creativity to keep it how I wanted it. The second half of 2017 was very difficult for us. And when we came back to Georgia, which wound up being less than a year after we moved to California, everything got better again. So um, I feel like we're, we're in a really good place now, but definitely the second half of 2017, I felt like I was, everything was falling through the cracks.
1: And how do you usually go and keep going even when there's so many things happening with your personal life, especially as a mom, as a wife? How do you keep maintaining your career and also making sure that everything is at home with all of these different transitions is going well for you still, or at least maintaining some sort of <laughs> some sort of a career on, on the side of everything else that's happening?
0: I definitely have to credit my husband. We have a very egalitarian relationship and he he values my passions and my career just as much as I do. So I never feel like we're not both carrying the weight of our family, which is helpful. If he knows I really need time to regain some creativity and get some headspace, he's totally supportive of making sure I can do that. I do sometimes have to take time to be alone or a night away or a night with my friends or anything that reclaims my identity outside of motherhood is very important to me. So, you know, having time alone to write, having time to be social, which I love, all those things are just something that I have to maintain to keep myself productive in all the other areas.
1: And that could be something that you take for granted because you don't usually think about that. There's so many other things happening that you forgot to take care of yourself and you forgot to make sure that who you are as a person and as an individual is also really important. And like you said, you have to have something other than just being a mom and a wife and a businesswoman for all of this and just know yourself as as a person as well (laughs) and I think it's really hard for us women to to kind of do that because then we feel really guilty if we take this time for ourselves
0: and sometimes it's not possible. Obviously, I can't just leave during the middle of the day with my kids here <laughs> as much as I wish I could sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just carving time out and putting other things aside to make sure that you get to cultivate who you are. That's really the answer for me.
1: So Katie, is there any types of tools that has been helping you to make everything maybe your life a little bit easier with your business?
0: This year, I finally hired an assistant, which has been a game changer, having someone to help me do all the admin type things and respond to emails. And she's, she's actually out right now, sick. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I ever live without her? I don't know how to live without her <laughs> now. But anyway, that was a huge thing off my plate because I think when you're creative for a living, getting stuck in a lot of the monotonous tasks can drain you and then by the time you're done answering emails you don't have any energy left to write or whatever so that was a huge a huge deal for me um, I'm also like highly committed to Trello now <laughs> as a um, as an app it's been so great for me to organize my life that way um, yeah and then I'm not a great example outside of that I tried to use a lot of Google sheets I have spreadsheets for like pretty much everything (laughs) my podcast my blog I try to do all of that and then as a blogger I'm constantly trying to keep up with all the social media platforms and figure out the best ways to save time and automate all that and and that kind of stuff
1: automation is incredible because without that I mean just as a person who doesn't have any kids or, you know, a household to run, it's already crazy. I can't even imagine how many tasks you have to do, Katie, with everything else. And being able to automate for your business and having an assistant, I'm sure, is so helpful for you. Like you said, you don't know how you actually existed without an assistant, <laughs> which is really incredible. Yeah, you
0: really don't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, at some point I had to learn, I think in other small businesses, it's pretty clear when it comes to like business advice and business training, like put your money back into your business before you pay yourself. But sometimes with bloggers, I think we get like, we don't want to do that. Like we want to keep all the money. And so this year I was like, no, I'm going to have to take an income cut and I'm going to have to get help because I'm never going to grow past this point if I don't get
1: help. You have to think about it as an investment because then you tend to make more money whenever now there's more tasks that you can do that you didn't have time for before you had other people to help you. And then also you can brainstorm on other ways to create more income for your blog and your business.
0: Oh, totally. I, um, ever since she started with me, I have been able to put my newsletters out on time again and like everything I wanted to do, <laughs> but I didn't have time. How yeah. are you able to find a person
1: who is the right one to work with you? Cause that could be a really challenging thing to do is to find someone you can work really well with.
0: Well, I got lucky. Um, one thing i I kind of was hoping the universe would bring me is one <laughs> of someone I already knew that I already trusted, like a close friend who also wanted to be my assistant. Because I decided I'd rather have somebody that I already knew and trusted and had good communication with, and then I could just train them how to do everything else, as opposed to first looking for a trained assistant um, and then mm-hmm. hoping that I could trust them. <laughs> um, so luckily. I had a friend who had just left the corporate world and was just kind of hoping to have something on the side. And, you know, all the organization stuff is like her forte. So I asked her if she was interested in learning and if she wanted to do that for me. And she definitely did. And so I got really lucky that way. (laughs) I really wanted to prioritize all the trust and stuff first because she's one of my best friends. And like, I'm totally comfortable giving her the password to Mm -hmm. my bank account and my social media accounts. So for me, I did it that way. It was worth it for me to spend like a month teaching her everything about what I do because I knew her and I trusted her. And there was definitely no communication barriers.
1: That is such a great thing to find because... I've talked to so many different people and it's a really hard thing to do. It's really hard to find someone who's very good and also someone you can afford, especially if you're just starting out or maybe you're midway into it and you don't have as much funds to allocate into something or someone. So that is really great, Katie, that you were able to do that, especially for somebody that you can trust full, fully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I was definitely lucky. (laughs) Now, you
1: talked a little bit about how you created income in the start and finding ways to do it through ads. Now, how are you able to create income today with your business?
0: So I have income in multiple ways. I have sponsored posts on Instagram and on my blog, which is the majority. That's why I'd say that's like my bread and butter. Those are still the highest paying jobs that I have. I also create affiliate marketing links for products I'm recommending. I'm a part of several affiliate programs. So I'm able to make passive income that way. As in, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, listeners don't know what I'm talking about. I share a link of something I already love and I'm telling you about it, but the company has given me an affiliate link so that I make a small commission if someone purchases. So it doesn't cost the buyer anything more. And it's just like a perk of having influence. So So affiliate marketing, and then um, I don't have ads on my site right now because I'm switching ad networks, but I did have ads on my site, which I'm paid by all kinds of metrics, but basically the traffic on my site. Um, And then I do have a few products. They haven't really taken off yet. They're kind of merch associated with my podcast, Um, but I do have that. And there's (laughs) There's so many things, right? (laughs) (laughs) Those are my main things for sure. And I hope I'm working on some some more other products and I'm hoping to have a book in the future and some other things. So I'm I'm a big proponent of diversifying your income as much as possible. Absolutely. That's such a
1: great idea to do because you never know what can happen with any one of those things. So you never know.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And definitely pay attention. Do not neglect the things you own, like your blog and your podcast Social media is not yours, and if you forget about what you own and that goes away, you're going to be up a creek.
1: And there has been different types of companies like Vine that went under, and there's a lot of people who were on there that had millions of followers, and then overnight, they just lost everything. So that is one thing just to show you that whatever Katie was saying with... Focusing on what you own, you definitely have to nurture that more than anything. <laughs> Absolutely. So now, Katie, if somebody's listening to this and they want to do something similar to you and they want to start a blog or a podcast, what would be the first thing that they should do to go ahead and start this type of business and career?
0: Well, first of all, I actually wrote a post about this because I get this question a lot. There's some key things that I think people do need to know before they want to blog for a career. If you want to do it for a hobby, there's not a lot you need to know because it's just for fun. But if you're hoping to monetize it, there's several things that I think you need to know from the beginning. Number one, are you emotionally set up for this? Because if you grow an audience, You need to be really honest with yourself that you have the personality type that can take criticism, rejection from your followers and from brands. (laughs) There's so many things that are so emotionally difficult about this job that I think people don't think about and then they cannot handle it and they don't have to handle it. Naturally, anybody would feel that way. Um, But that's one big thing for me is I think people don't understand the emotional toll that this can take when you grow an audience and it becomes your full time job. Or, you know, having a deadline and you have a creative mm-hmm. block. Like, it's not always easy. And then, other things, technically, like things I wish I knew before I got too far into monetization are a lot more about blogging uh, on the back end, like SEO and coding. Like, you can never know too much of that from the beginning so that you don't have to go back. And optimize everything that's already published. <laughs> so that's a big thing. And then, you know, just understanding that nothing happens overnight. I think a lot of people see bloggers and they only see the highlight reels, that they think it's easy and it's quick and you can quickly make money. And it's, you know, I went viral and that was just luck. Like <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with anything except I got lucky and attracted an audience. So it's kind of like going to Hollywood and saying, I'm going to be an actor and make money. Like, it's not (laughs) totally up to you. You have to get like, it's a lot of luck. So you really have to be passionate to the point where it's not going to bother you when you're don't, when you don't make money or that you're not making a lot of money. And then just continue to network. My biggest advice is networking with other people that are doing it and not bothering them with A question every two seconds, but just observing and listening is huge. And those are
1: so great, the advice you just gave, because like you said, with everything else, people are looking at social media and other blogs out there. They think it just happens overnight. And I have seen friends work more hours than they did in their nine to five and they don't make as much as their nine to five but they continue to do it because of the passion that they have so if you don't have that initial passion for it nothing is going to happen because you can't continue because like katie says it's going to be a lot of hard work and most people don't go viral you know in the beginning but You just have to do it because you love it. And then the monetization part is going to happen as long as you stick to it and you have content that people also will enjoy as much as you do.
0: Well, that's the other thing. I think people think that they are the Kardashians and they think (laughs) that people are going to automatically care about their cute kids and their family and what they're doing today. But you have to remember that people need help from the internet so they're either coming to you for inspiration or tips or shopping or you have to actually be helpful so people people just keep coming into the space and they're like I'm here I'm a blogger and I want everybody (laughs) to like pay me to look at my lifestyle and it's like but what are you doing for them like you know what are you what are you offering so that's huge knowing your why
1: yeah there has to be value other than just Talking about yourself later on, once people are getting all of these different types of valuable information from you, then they'll get to know you and then they want to know you. Then you could become a somewhat kind of a Kardashian right. in the blocking world, I guess. <laughs> like you are now, Katie.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like people, if they're not getting anything, but like, this is what I'm eating for once, you know, I, I have to work hard to be like, okay, have I actually like done a post lately that is something somebody needs? Like, oh, this is so helpful. A roundup of the best bras or whatever, you know, like you have to keep, keep pushing out content. Like 10 years ago, I feel like we all worked really hard for our readers I had another blog before this one but I feel like we sponsorships like wasn't even really a big thing yet and so we were constantly thinking of ideas that were entertaining and helpful and all that and I just think like some of that got lost along the way yeah and I think most people think about more
1: about monetization than actually how they can help other people now because they see so many people create income from it and quit their nine to five, but they don't realize how much work and information you have to put out there before you can get to that field and to that type of money that you can make. Yeah, absolutely. So Katie, let's fast forward to 30 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for?
0: I think about this way too much. Um, It's so weird. I literally like, this is so morbid and weird, but I literally often think like, what would people say at my funeral? And like, who would come to my funeral? It's so important to me to be remembered as someone who did everything she could with her platform to make a difference. So I don't know how long I'm going to be relevant on social media or anything like that. And I don't care. It's great (laughs) right now in this place in my life. It's really great. And it's given me a platform to be a voice for other people, which is what I love and what I want. But I do hope that the end game for me is being launched into a place where maybe I still have a platform, but where I can just continue to help people and whether. I hope to go into speaking and ultimately write a book and just continue talking about how we can use p- our platform to help and to be the light and to change the world. So I hope to just kind of continue on that path and and just grow from there.
1: It's amazing that you have already started your legacy right now and you're just continuing continuing to add to it as the years go by and even what you're showing your children and what kind of person and mom you are that legacy o- also is handed down to them which is really incredible if you think about it
0: <laughs> i'm honestly honored cuz like i said i don't credit myself with too much of it i think i'm blessed to have the platform and i feel like it's a waste if i'm not using it to try to use it for good so I'm just happy to have it. (laughs) Yeah, and you only live one
1: life. You may as well do something that really impacts yourself, your family, and hopefully other people as well. I agree. Is there any question that you wish people asked you more of?
0: I love being asked more about what to really expect when it comes with blogging for a living because I think if more people (laughs) ask, maybe more people wouldn't crash and burn. (laughs) So I do love that. Like Aside from my social justice and like mom truth side, I do have this passion for um, mentoring content creators and, and new bloggers. I even have a Facebook group that's like a mastermind for bloggers. And so I do love that. So any asking me anything about how that really goes is my passion. I could talk all day about it.
1: And is there anything that you're working on currently that you're really excited about?
0: Well, um, the podcast grew into something bigger than I was expecting, so a lot of my energy is in the podcast right now, and I'm still really excited about it, and every time I feel like I'm too tired and I can't deal with it and I need to put it on pause, I get another amazing guest in the lineup, and I can't, (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like that's my sign that I need to keep doing it. It's just been really great. And it's connected so many people with so many other people behind the scenes. Like what you don't see on the podcast or what you don't hear on the podcast is all the messages of people connecting to each other through my guests and feeling like they're not alone. So even though that's something that's not paying me, it's extremely gratifying. So that's my big thing right now.
1: Yeah, and you're making a difference with your podcast and with your blog. So that is what we all hope to accomplish hopefully a lot of people is just to make a positive difference in other people's lives. So that is incredible, Katie. hundred <laughs> percent. Thank you. If our listeners want to know
0: more about you, where can they find you? Uh, my website is just katiecrenshaw.com. And I'm mostly on Instagram doing stories and all that jazz. And it's just at Katie M. crenshaw. Everybody thinks my name is Katie McCrinshaw, so if that helps you remember my handle, it's Katie Crinshaw on Instagram. And my podcast, again, is If I'm Being Honest, and it's on anywhere that you can listen to your podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining
1: us today. I really appreciate your story and what you gave to us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I hope you enjoyed this interview with Katie. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Katie where she shares how to turn a parenting blog into a successful business. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at the OB Life, or send me a message at hello at TheOffBeatLife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.
0: You know, I
2: had panic attacks and anxiety and depression. I had gut failure. I had a gluten intolerance, a lactose allergy. I tried vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. Nothing made me feel better. My hair was falling out. I had horrible adult acne. Um, I actually had to get a breast lump removed um this was just the year before I started traveling so when I say that you there's always a way there is always a way I had like I was suffering from panic attacks so badly that I had agoraphobia like I I had such a hard time leaving the house I actually feared it and what I know now is that because I've suffered from all of those things I know how possible it is for anyone to come back from anything and so 30 years from now, I am am i have told my story. I've spent years on stage. You know, I would be a number one New York Times bestselling author, and the, the reach and the impact I would have just sharing my story and the tools that I've learned and impacting lives and connecting people to each other and to themselves just with the power of storytelling would be the legacy that I would want to leave. I would be a very, very happy person uh, how did you say 30 year old I'd be you said 30 years from now 30 years yeah (laughs) very very happy 61 year old lady (laughs) well it's
1: already a legacy you're starting to do so that is a great way to already start it and already keep going with it and we're also going to be talking more about why thinking positively all the time can be the biggest way to self-sabotage on our extended interview with Christy. So make sure you listen to that. Now, Christy, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you?
2: Well, I'd like to say the best way would be Facebook and Instagram right now. You can um, find me Instagram at as Christy sees it. Uh, Facebook, Christy Renee Steely. I'm sure you'll link both of those. My last name can be very hard to spell. It's it's a German (laughs) surname. There is an H in there. It throws people off all the time. So if you could link that, that would be great. Then I also have my uh, website where you can contact me, find more information about my coaching program, the seven-day challenge, um, and just read some testimonials, see how abundance is already working for people, see how they're already building this framework for their dream life, which quite often includes travel. And that's ChristyRenee.co. Perfect. Thank
1: you so much, Christy, for joining us today. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. This was great.